0: Hello principals and welcome to the NAESP principal podcast. My name is Rachel George. I'm an educational leader in Oregon and an NAESP fellow.
1: And my name is Adam Welcome. I'm an educator in California and a fellow with NAESP in the Innovation Center.
0: All right, so as always, Adam and I are just so excited to bring you all this NAESP Principal Podcast, so we can talk about real ideas with some amazing principles to help make your leadership stronger and more innovative. And today, I'm really, really excited to have a friend of mine, uh, Carlos Perez. He's an elementary principal out of Colorado, and you know, one of the amazing, many amazing things, in fact, about Carlos is that he used to be a high school principal, and now, like drumroll, please, like. Like he's at the elementary level as an elementary principal and this is like an amazing feat to go from one level to the next and to still be standing for another round and to have a huge smile on his face and that's that's carlos so we have him here today to the show to be able to dive into that and get some tips tricks and strategies so carlos welcome welcome to the NAESP principal podcast
2: well thank you for having me it's a pleasure and honor to be here and I'm a big fan and Yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, excited to talk to you guys. And I know I've learned a lot in in my career from, you know, guys like you and a lot of mentors and, you know, nothing that I know I've done is new or uh, made it, you know, that, that I invented it. It's just things that I learned from a lot of people.
0: Awesome. Well, let's check in real quick. So, you know, not even six months ago, you were a high school principal. In a school that you were doing a lot of instructional improvement with and, and instructional leadership, and now you're at the elementary school. So, how is that transition going? What has surprised you, and what are you feeling?
2: Well, I mean, it's, it's really what what you see is the you look to see the continuation and how everything just kind of ties together. Um, you know, when, at the high school level, you're talking credits and you're talking graduation. And here at the elementary level, you know, you're kind of talking the same conversations, but um, I, you know, I can't help but to make those connections uh, from the classroom at the high school level, especially come from a title one school and impacted school as to what the deficiencies are and what some of the strengths are. And I think, um, and it just kind of highlights some of the vertical conversations that we have sometimes but we probably should have a lot more to make those connections
1: i i want to know the difference from high school where i'm sure you have uh, vaping and other things going on and then going down to elementary school where you have kindergartners that need band-aids and they're crying maybe because they missed their mom how is that transition gone just from from a human from a student standpoint just from dealing with this and yes there are similarities but to now dealing with that how has that gone
2: sure i mean you know it's such a big transition of course and such a different conversations and i think you know as a as a principal and as an educator you know just you have to mentally prepare for those conversations um and with the parents, right? And and sometimes, you know, at the high school level, somebody's vaping and, or doing something else, you know, you have a conversation with a parent as to what the consequence is gonna be. And at the elementary level, it's similar, but at the same time, I think you have a conversation with a kid, um, you know, when they're doing something inappropriate in the playground, you have that relationship, you know, I'm in the playground every day, I'm in the cafeteria every day So I think that presence out there, um, I think is is very um, preventative. Should I say, you know, I I build a lot of relationships with the kids and as to the high school, I tried to do that, but it just, you know, time-wise just wasn't possible.
0: I love it. So you made me think of while you were talking, Carlos, um, when I came from middle school to elementary, my conversations at first, I didn't change my tone with how I talked to students or families. And I actually recall the first phone call that I had where I was informing a mom about what her kid did and how he's going to be suspended for a day. And I used, and I used the same tone and it did not, needless to say, it didn't go very well. She got really upset with me because I didn't have enough compassion and I didn't slow down to explain it. And she Yep, yep. She called the superintendent's office, and they got a nice complaint. Um, so, what are some of the things that you've had to kind of shift um, in terms of your practice? Because I know I had to really change how I communicated with folks. Um, sure. What have you found?
2: You know, um, you know, one practice that I that I to always encourage my you know my teachers is to always you know make that positive call home early in the year. Um, you know, just look hard to, you know, for something positive and call and make that connection with the parents. Um, I took advantage of the, of the opportunity to, you know, with the fact that I'm in a small school. So, we, you know, we had a, a like a back to school night. And for all the parents that came back and actually pretty much almost every parent, you know, I wrote a note, handwritten note, uh, thanking them for coming to the to the activity that evening and so on, and just welcoming and, you know, just being thankful that I'm the principal there, you know, and that was my first um, contact with them. And, you know, just being present out there in the drop-off line and pickup line, talking to parents is essential to be that relationship that way when you do call at home, when there's something um, discipline wise, you know, it is, it's not the first contact, hopefully that you have with the parent. But, um, you know, that's inevitable. Sometimes, you know, we know that some parents will react a little bit different, you know, when their babies get in trouble. But, um, you know, always, you know, always talk to them. It's part of, this discipline is part of school. It's part of the learning process. And, you know, better to learn it now at the elementary level than to um, go to high school or even beyond and, and get another, in, in a deeper trouble. So, yeah, you know, you watch your tone and But I think what most important is, you know, your relationship with the kids and the parents. And I think for the most part, you know, it's been great.
1: Uh, I couldn't agree with you more on the calling home for positive reasons. I mean, I've been talking about and doing that for years and years and years. And it is such, it's it's the easiest thing to do as an educator, not just a school leader. I actually just finished up a three week sub principal job in in a local <laughs> school. And there was a student that was kind of just having some challenges at school, didn't want to be there. The student had went home early on a Friday. And then on Monday, they were just having a great day. I saw the student at lunch, awesome day. I said, I'm going to call that student's mom. And I called and the parent uh, right away goes, oh no, are are they in the office? And I'm like, no, I'm calling. Because they're having a great day. And the mom, you could yes. just feel you know, I, I don't think she started crying, but I think she probably wanted to. She came and found me after school. And just like the rest of that week, it was just this, it was, it wasn't a negative connection between the school and the parent before, but there was that little friction just because, you know, she was like, the, the student was struggling. And then from then on the rest of the week, it was just, it was just, you just set that tone on that positivity. It's just, and I would say too, I, I've never worked in a high school. But even more so, because I can imagine sometimes a high school principal. You call home, they don't even answer the phone. Like in elementary, the parents think so- something's wrong, and they they pick up on the second ring. But in high school, it's probably even more imperative. But what I'm wor- I'm wondering, Carlos? I-, I can just imagine a high school. You got master schedule. You got you got sporting events. You sh- I mean, it's just there's a lot going on. What have What did you learn in that environment? That You could bring, but also share with an elementary crowd. I I do think it's really important for people to not necessarily work across the different levels, because that, that's hard. Um, but just to learn from elementary, high school, middle school, um, just from like an organizational standpoint, from a systems and structures, you have to be organized in high school, I can imagine, because there's so many th- things going on. So what are some like, top pieces of advice you would give to the elementary crowd just from your, from your experience in high school?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the, and you just said it, the organizational piece is critical. So, you know, I think um, one of the things that I use, a tool that I use uh, to keep me really synced, um, not only to, to my staff, but also to the community is, you know, I use my Outlook um, and I put everything on Outlook ahead of time. I put myself reminders um, and, you know, talking to your teams. You know, and I think if you want something to be effective and something to be meaningful, you know, for example, planning Title I nights, um, you know, what, what do you want them to be? So if you wait two weeks before the Title one night to plan it, uh, it can be okay if you've done it many times. But if you want something that's going to be different, something's going to be impactful, and if, you, if your intent was to take parent input or something like that into, into consideration, then that takes planning. And I, I think one thing that I learned at the high school level, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're at high school, elementary, time moves fast and things are on you before you know it. And, you know, and also delegate, you know, I, I don't have as many people to delegate to, you know, in a school where, you know, you only have one teacher per grade level.
1: <laughs> uh, no, no, you don't. <laughs> you know what I'm
2: saying? But at the high school level, you know, I had, you know, a few more people, you know, to, to work with. But, um, you know, you just take that in consideration, you know, you, you put everything in your calendar and, you know, you have to be able to go into the week. I always say Monday's my favorite day. And I say that because I work hard on Sunday night or Friday evening before, you know, before I go for the weekend to set up my Monday, you know, so I'm not coming Monday when my hair on fire, whatever is left. Um you know, that day just to plan, you know, I'm already ready to that and I'm able to get into classrooms and I'm able to walk on the halls. I'm able to be in the playground because of the planning that I do. Um, and it's a discipline, you know, it takes time, you gotta schedule it. And, you know, it's not perfect all the time, but if you schedule it, it happens more often than not.
0: Dang, that, that's like a bike drop moment. Um, I love that. And, you know, Carlos, you have me laughing when you mentioned the hair on fire because I know we don't have video on our podcast, but if you have a picture of Carlos, he doesn't have a lot of hair, he keeps it kind of cut tight like Adam does. Um, So you had me chuckle in there. All right. So our final question for you, friend, is that needless to say, you're not alone um, in being like someone that's you know, transitions from the high school level to elementary or elementary to middle or vice versa, like Andy Jacks just took like a K-8 job. Like these, these changes are always going on. So it happens all the time. Give me your top two tips to help you survive when you're switching levels. What do you got?
2: Top two. <laughs> well, if I'm going from the high school to elementary, um, you know, so number one is Relationships. You know, um, even when I mentor principles is, you know, unless it's absolutely necessary, is not to go in there changing things and creating chaos. You know, to me, my first year at the school and every school that I've been to, you know, almost without exception, um, has been to observe, learn, build those relationships. Um, so, so I'm able to... To, to learn the culture, the background, the history of the school, and you know not only be able to contribute but also respect the contributions that have been made before me. Um, and the second tip would be, you know, you can't improve it if you can't measure it. You know, and I think as you know, as you during your first year, you and, and you are transitioning. Um, especially from high school. And if you're not familiar with elementary, then, you know, you, you have to study quick and be able to see, okay, where is it that we can make improvement? Where is it that we need to make improvement? And you got to dive deep into the data and be a student, uh, you know, be a student of the, you know, of the, of the new level that you're in. Um, you know, unfortunately for me, it's not my first rodeo in elementary, but uh, after you know, being in high school for five years, uh, yeah, I needed to do a lot of studying to catch up.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you again for joining this episode of the NAESP principal podcast. Hey, learn more about NAESP at NAESP.org. I got to tell you, I am due to update by dues. So make sure you're paying them. Make sure that you're joining us because NAESP is having their national conference in Louisville this summer. And there's so many amazing things that you can connect to along with lots of professionals that are doing the same work you're doing. So we will see you next time, friends. Thank you.
1: So I loved listening to Carlos and his stories of going from high school to elementary. I wonder I wonder if that's an easier transition from going to elementary to high school. I don't know cuz you're you know you're dealing with like elementary things and then high school, but when you've already come from high school there's, you've kind of seen it, you've seen, you know, vape pens and all these other things that you have to deal with. So maybe elementary is just that much easier. But I'm thinking about these transitions, because I spent the bulk of my career in elementary. And then I went to the central office was working K12, which was really fun, it really opened up, my view on education working in the middle and then the high school levels. And then now being a speaker, consultant, professional developer, working with all sorts of levels, it's super interesting. And I think, I think too often, unfortunately, or maybe that's just the natural way it works out is people kind of get stuck in, well, I'm an elementary person. I'm a middle, I'm a high school. And I think there is so much growth that can happen from people like Carlos, Carlos kudos moving around the different levels. And I know it's hard, but I think one thing that could work is I, and I wanted to do this when I was a principal and it never happened. I advocated to my superintendent. I wanted to go be this, the high school principal for a day or for two days, and then have the high school principal come down to my school, and then just kind of everybody switch around, because it's the same thing. Principals, if have your teachers switch around. Teach another grade level for an hour or half a day. We used to do this when I was in the building, and some people didn't like it at first, but it really it shows you the breadth and depth of education, and it, it helps you understand feeder patterns, and articulation, and common conversation, and language, and curriculum, and hey, all our kids are all our kids and they're all in our system. And I think it just really opens up a lot of different ideas. So, hey, principals, maybe you trade with a colleague that's in a different, even a different school, but ideally a different level and do it for, do it for half a day and just see what it's like. I, I think I'm pretty sure you're going to learn something from it and you're going to grow in, in even some small ways um, how to talk to kids. And then I think also just collaborating with your teachers. If you have a high school principal, you're like, hey, I got this thing going on elementary or middle, can we do some kind of collaboration and if you're in a smaller town I would say that's probably easier because things are smaller and closer but if you're not you can do it through zoom I know field trips are probably a little bit harder right now with still kind of, you know, this pandemic fog that we are in coming out of, you know, whatever the situation is wherever you are. Um, but I, I, I just, you know, going across is so important. Uh, Rachel, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts about that? Mm.
0: Well, that's super fitting that you mentioned fog because you're in the San Francisco area. So I know you're a little uh-huh. outside of there, but I always picture you in the fog. And your morning <laughs> running pictures always look a little, a little foggy,
1: a little spooky. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> um, you know, when I think of jumping back and forth different levels, you know, I started at the middle school as a middle school principal, and then went down at the elementary level, and it was a huge shock. And it's interesting because I always am cheering alongside folks and behind the scenes when I see women leaders move from the elementary level up to secondary, whether it's middle school or high school. And I don't know the stats, I really don't, but it seems like proportionally, it seems that women tend to get kind of earmarked down at the elementary and they don't always move up into secondary. And I remember my first secondary admin meeting, I looked around the table and there's like no women at all, which was a huge shock. It's just a very different dynamic. And the staff dynamics are, again, different as well. And so I just really want to give three shout outs to some amazing folks. Um, You know, someone that we've had on our show already, Beth Huff, Jessica Johnson, and Jessica Cabine, they're three amazing women leaders that have switched different levels. Jessica Johnson went literally elementary, skipped middle school, and went up to be a high school principal, like, holy cow. So I just think that these gals are complete rock stars when they're flexing in and out and showing those educational leadership muscles, because that takes, that's an art form, and that takes some mad skill. It's really, really impressive. Um, I know when I scaled down, it was a huge shock, you know, and I mentioned with Carlos that it was a big change in how I communicated with folks, my directness up front uh, to the point, not trying to soft sell something or start with a nice compliment, give them the feedback, soft pedal it and then follow it back up that nice sandwich Uh, that didn't work at the secondary level. It got muddy. It was not clear. So I thought it would the same thing would work at the elementary and, and not the case watching facial, like facial expressions for people in meetings. Oh dear goodness. Like I, I put my foot in my mouth a lot. I'm sure that people called the district office a lot on me. Like, I don't know why they didn't show up more, but it was an adjustment period. And then just also really looking at, uh, the adjustment with students, right? Like the first time I thought somebody was in trouble and they're like, they have cigarettes. I'm like, yeah, I know how to deal with this. This is fantastic because like the the little things like primary, I wasn't a primary teacher. I didn't know how to deal with that stuff. So at least give me some cigarettes, give me some fights, give me some drugs. I can, I, that's my wheelhouse. I love they were fake cigarettes. They were like candy cigarettes and like the teacher wanted them suspended. Like, wait a sec, tell me more about suspension. Mm and tell me more about candy fake cigarettes and how that's a consequence, Uh, you know, and they love you. The kids love you, they love and like give you hugs. Like I ended up walking away with so many like smudges on my abdomen from kids coming up and just like rubbing their messy faces. That was a huge shock, but it was good for my soul at that time. And I think that as I look back on that transition there were some key things that really helped get me through it because it had been a while since I'd been in elementary. The first one was connecting with other folks that were at that level, whether that was in my district or nationally. In this situation, I didn't know anybody in my district. and folks kind of worked in isolation, so they were national folks. Melinda Miller, Amber Tiemann, uh, those were huge folks that really helped me out by stalking their Twitter their Twitter accounts and what they were posting. It was really informative. The other piece is ask for feedback. Ask how you're doing and ask face to face. So you can have a dialogue and a conversation with clarifying questions. How am I doing? How am I doing supporting you? What do you need from me? What can I remove to help make your job easier? What ba- like barriers and you know challenges do you have that you need some help and things to assist with? And then also, what are you thinking about as you're coming into the next couple months that I can maybe be of assistance? Because that feedback loop is imperative. And if you're working in isolation without that information, you're going to have more missteps. And then the final part is I think you really need to observe. You need to get in and observe the classroom and seek clarification and ask questions and be an active participant that probably is one of my biggest pet peeves when we have people come from the secondary level down to the elementary as educational leaders and they don't know anything about elementary best practices instruction and then they're like great job you're doing awesome and you're like no that's actually not awesome instruction let's have a conversation so really really be a student about what should be going on in those classrooms with the standards and the instructional practices be a partner with the teacher and get in the classrooms when we pop in to other people's buildings or when you get that phone call at lunch recess right you should not be in your office you should be in classrooms in the hallway out at the playground they should hunt you down that's a badge of honor when you're not sitting at your desk ready to take that phone call just some food for thought Adam
1: yeah I love it no I love it all great all great stuff my friend All great stuff. So everybody, thank you for listening. If you are not an NAESP member, sign up, NAESP.org, register, tell your people and your superintendent and your boss that you need to go to the conference next summer, 2022 in Louisville, Kentucky. It's a great town. There's a lot of fun things to do. There's a great nightlife. There's a great little river or a big river that runs right through. There's the Louisville Slugger museum you know we have to do some more research on louisville because that's about all that i know i know there's a is it whiskey what is it what is it there in the like
0: a bourbon trail
1: bourbon i don't i don't drink bourbon (laughs) so
0: maker's mark there's a lot to do there's a late i've heard
1: (laughs) you can go dip your own bottle of maker's mark i don't know there's a lot to do in louisville i think you can probably just google things to do in louisville and you're going to find a long list Become a member. Sign up. As always, thanks for listening. And Rachel and I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day.